Hello, welcome back to Two Vegan Idiots. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Dean. Here. Hey. Here. Here. Julian Dean in bed. <laughs> do you remember when? Um, do you remember the big breakfast when Paulie Yates used to do that in bed interview? Oh yeah. You should start. You should start doing video ones, Zoom ones of them, just you in your bed. It's where she met Michael Hutchinson, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever watched that interview? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Like you can see the sexual tension between the two of them. You could tell Definitely. that they were just and between me them. watching it. <laughs> but you could tell they were just going to get it. There was sexual tension between the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, welcome back to this week's episode. We're joined They're by both Ruth. dead. That's a shame, isn't it? Cheers, cheers for bringing that up, mate. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they are. It's really sad. I also, I'm, I was. You know, I, I liked Paul Yates. I thought she was very good on the stuff she, she did. But Michael Hutchins is one of my all-time favourite uh, frontmen for a band. I um, he, I used He's to a listen bit Jim to Jim Morrison. He isn't, wasn't he? In looks, but not in style. You know, he had an amazing voice. I need you tonight. Like, I've never forgiven uh, Oasis for or Noel Gallagher for what he said about uh, Michael Hutchins at the Brit Awards. Did you ever see that? Yeah, what did he say again? It has been. It has been, shouldn't be given an award to the future or something like basically. Yeah, just, that was it, yeah. And you could see, you know, but and bear in mind, don't get me wrong, a, I like Oasis's music. I yeah, they were trying to be fucking like Manchester lads, you know what I mean? But yeah, they need, like, Noel Gallagher, is, I wouldn't speak about him in the same breath as Michael Hutchins. Michael Hutchins, I think, was a, you know, a god of, you know, if you, every, he had everything you think of when you think of a like a lead man in a band Noel Gallagher can sort of have play, play average guitar and write catchy songs but good tunes though good tunes oh yeah Oasis were seminal to me growing up but I, now I'm older I don't look but I look back more fondly on NXS than I do on Oasis I think they've aged way better Oasis's music now sounds like you're listening to the 90s right yeah whereas NXS I think is a much more timeless music but, I listened you know, to that Master Plan concert in Albert Hall on lockdown. It made me want to start a band, though, man. Yeah, yeah. So good. The orchestra, the harmonica. Mm. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I, I've had that thought a couple of times recently. Like, I've just been playing guitar a bit because playing it to um, my newborn child. She seems like, really interested why she's in it. crying. <laughs> um, but no, she's really keen on it. Like, she... Because, you know, apparently it's a very good developmental thing for them because they hear music, but they don't understand what's happening. Whereas when you play guitar in front of them or any instrument, they can see where the music's coming from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's actually they can put two and two together. So I've been playing her a bit of music, trying out some new songs on her. (laughs) (laughs) Does she like them? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just I sort of just um, play anything really. Just I used to play classical music for um, well, Ren mainly when she was younger. Yeah, like a baby, baby. When I'd look after her, I'd just yeah. put some classical on. It's good. It's supposed mate. to be good for their brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now she's got the mouth of a builder. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, but sort of that's a not a that's a, that's not a bad sign of development. I mean, she's yeah. got a broad vocabulary. It's true. Yeah, I'd see the positives of that. <laughs> she could say fuck off. <laughs> in loads really? of different ways. <laughs> in loads of different languages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we're saying is this week's episode... Her mum had a gartney, by the way, of putting those swear word things up. Oh, did she? Not not, uh, not a big... She just said, oh, you know, can you 
can you not do that basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is getting sold off um but um for any listeners who haven't watched it go on julian's social media from what about a month ago six weeks ago you put yeah i guess so yeah there's a couple on there you getting i mean she gives you a right old it's not just the sort of a soft swear word she really hits you with it doesn't she Yesterday she said to me, you think you're so hard, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty she funny. She had to hunt with me. I mean, she has literally summed you up there. Though. <laughs> she's, she's got you bangs all right. I know, so I was like, ah. It's literally your personality type. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're so hard, but you're just, you're, just, you're not. That's excellent. How old is she? Seven on about fuck. two weeks ago. That's really funny. Seven-year-old with that sort of level of so astuteness. She just really just got you. Just like that summed you up perfectly. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but anyway, um, and the hardest in that house. Yeah, that's the main thing. Um, which is why they moved you out of it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> why I'm not it. in that house. <laughs> they moved you out because they couldn't take how hard you were. Uh, this episode, we're joined by very funny Fern Brady, comedian, podcaster, broad, broadcaster. I don't know why I said it. She's on telly. And um, she's just an all-round funny person. And uh, we chat about loads of stuff. Um, and you're going to enjoy it. That's it. In terms of admin, before we get on with the episode, thanks to all our patrons who have signed up. Um, we've got loads. We're doing a patron Q and A Sunday at six. Oh, we are this Sunday six pm patron catch up on Zoom. So basically, on the Patreon website, we will put uh, the link so you can click on it, join us for a little just you know hour long chat. Really, we've done a few of them; they're good fun. Sort of, it's meant to be a Q and A, but we end up just having a group chat, don't we? It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's really nice. Got a nice get on board, guys. People. So yeah, that will be on Patreon. Um, Come part of the community. The That's how patrons say you should uh, try and get bugged by using phrases like "become part of the community." Oh, really? So I'm going to start saying that. Yeah, should we turn it into like a <laughs> cult? That's what we should do. Isn't it? Be one of it up and It's only noodles, things. Michael. <laughs> At the end of how it, how can a billion just... Chinese be wrong? We're all killing ourselves on New Year's Eve this year. That's the plan. Get a big community. <laughs> We'll just do ourselves in, mate. Um, let's give a shout Fresh out. Fresh style. Let's give a shout out to all our heavyweight patrons and above. You up for that, Julian? I'm up for that, man. All right, let's do it. Let's say um, a big thank you to these people and to all our other patrons. Um, but this is heavyweight and all above. All of our patrons, we love you all and we appreciate it. And, um, Thanks yeah. for being part of the community. Um, Pim the Cat. <laughs> Natalie Staffer. Toby Braithwaite. Timmy Turnips. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Timmy Turnips. You really, you really went for that, Timmy Turnips. You said it like you were sort of... Um, that's, a, that's a cool that name. I mean, it's definitely not your name, Timmy Turnips. Well, that's his real name a... there, but don't say it because that's his email address and you've, you've done that before and I better bleep it out. Oh, yeah. Um, Steve Stark. <laughs> I can't see his surname. I can't see his surname. Stephen Geary. Why am I emphasizing surname like that? <laughs> we, why don't you just say the name they've said? Oh, see, oh yeah. Okay. S- sing it, don't say it. That's Sophie. It. Some people have put pseudonyms on. Simon Freer. Sophie's an excellent singer, by the way. Check her out. Sing it, don't say it on Instagram. 
Um, Simon. Sharon Miller. Ronan Quinn. Robert Fruit. That's definitely a pseudonym, isn't it? That's not. Rajan uh, Sharma. Michael Scully. Big up Michael Leslie. Big up May Yen. Big up our crew. Liam Mintz. <laughs> Liam Mintz. Uh, Liam, just another Liam, but this one has not gone for a meat-based surname. Laura. Kelly Taylor. Katie Funnel. Uh, Katie. This is the one you always struggle with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got it. Kate Apostolov. That's it. Joe Hawks. James O'Donovan. Ewan Gregory. Ed Clues. Doug. Daniel Marshall. This is Seri, isn't it? Seri, yeah. That's good. I like that name. I'm now Seri does how to read say it. tarot cards. Yeah, Check I can see that out. from her email address. I was going to say, should we give it out so she can get some tarot readings? But I don't know if she'd be comfortable. I'll give out her full address. It's 14 already. <laughs> Cameron Primrose. Brett. That's oh, your favourite, mate. Billy Big Ball Bricknalls. Billy Big bruv. Balls Bricknalls. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy Bricknalls. <laughs> um, Andrew. Adam Ackerman. Sam Henning. Ryan Hibbert. Ross Clark. Rachel Napier. Lisa Gold. Lisa Gold. Jodie Faulkner. And Emma Satin. Taylor. Emma Taylor. There we go. That's our heavyweight patrons and above. Thank you for uh, being part of the gang. And um, yeah, any other business before we just get on with the episode? I don't think so. No, just um, 6 p.m. Sunday. 6 p.m. Sunday. If you want to be involved, patreon.com slash two vegan idiots. Yeah, easy. Link up. Link it's up. Easy, mate. Podcast link up. Enjoy this episode. Two vegan idiots. Hey, welcome back to Two Vegan Idiots. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Francis Dean. And guest. Uh, oh, sound! You look like you're in a cupboard. I'm in my cupboard. <laughs> I mean, actually, I saw what, from a broom um, cupboard. Have you had to set up a sort of sound studio during lockdown? Exactly that. Yeah, this has become a podcasting studio because it's the best place. It's a cupboard under the stairs, so it's like the best place in my house um, for sound. And me and my friend Alison started a podcast during lockdown. And I look very funny, Alison Spitzel. Yeah, yeah. She, she's they, really um, funny. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. And they make it sound like we're in the same room together, so that's been really good. Yeah, we used to we used to remember we used to be in the same room, Julian. Back in remember, the day. Do you remember sharing a rooms? <laughs> I don't know if it, once everything's actually back to normal, are we going to start <clears> being in the same room again? I've not. We've not I mean, discussed we could, this. We, I mean, we could do that now, couldn't we? I mean, we could. I mean, not if, for this. If anything, episode. it's pure laziness that we haven't even mooted the fact that we could just record it as normal. Yeah, we'll, we'll just yeah. Not off done gigs yet. I have, yeah, I've done. We do, we've all, we both done gigs. I've done we? a few, quite a few, yeah. I don't know, I've done a handful of open, open air ones, and then I did find, I did Top Secret this weekend, first like proper club indoor business, um, which was quality. It was absolutely lovely. I mean, yeah. it's that weird thing where it was so, it felt so normal, even though they've got bloody 
like you know perspex screens between rows and that wasn't there when i did top secret they look like like riot police well i think the first weekend they opened this is that stopping covid really you know what i mean what just a big i mean yeah i don't know the thing is i think that really when i was there have you done the indoor gigs fern yeah yeah um I did one at a member's club. It was like White City. Oh, White City House, yeah. Yeah, and that one was amazing when I did it in the, the old times. But um, this time they, they were only allowed 21 people in. I heard. I actually weirdly <laughs> chatted to Clara, who runs that gig, and she she was telling me about that capacity. And I thought, that is, come on. I know 11 acts on. It's just because it it's was... like this, obviously there's social distancing. And then there's, it's a big room as well, that room that you did a comedy in. But twenty one um, people. Yeah. And then I did a I did that Jonathan Ross thing that loads and loads of comedians oh, yeah, were yeah. doing. Which he was just doing to apparently just like cause comedians lost their jobs. They just had as many That's people nice. as possible. That's yeah. nice of him. Um so I'd done that and the audience were all wearing masks during the filming. Yeah, that was because I did I did three gigs at the Batsy Arts Centre out in the courtyard. Yeah, um, I was there on Saturday. Yeah, that that, that one, the audience. That's a nice little space, three. isn't it? <clears throat> but they're masked up outside, aren't they? In oh, no. Every time, at the minute, every time we record a podcast, bailiffs. Like, there's, there's a, a bailiffs. <laughs> there's um. There's Come a to delivery. take your podcast equipment. <laughs> <laughs> just you just see him carrying the bed out behind me while I'm like, hey guys. Unscrewing the telly. I can snip this bed out. Back in one sec. Um, I've just, I, so I've just I, done and opened the door for a delivery driver. What have I missed? I told Julian I was going to be ten minutes late recording because I was up baking, and I. But I told you I need the next batch to cook, and then I'll right. come online. And he thought I was stoned, but I just. Right. I thought she meant hot. Like I've been baking, oh. and I've got oh, to open up. Oh. Oh, oh, she right. was. Was she been on the weed all night? No, I was. <laughs> but you were doing something really on the two all night. Uh, what <laughs> on the baking? skunk weed? Cardamom buns. Oh, I love I love a bit of cardamom. I, yeah, I, I guess they would be easy to make vegan. Yeah, yeah. But it's I will say and this is probably the most n- niche sort of cooking reference that and it, but cardamom is a very like did you use did you use ground cardamom or did you use cardamom pods? So I used to use cardamom pods and that was a bollock. I've since been using ground cardamom. It's not the same. No. Cardamom pods are uh, much better but fuck, they're so like you get we go one too many and it's game over the whole world smells of cardamom like they're sort of the most powerful like spice well, that's I, had what I, like, ri- I had rice krispies at 3am that- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this that's a, sort of like a conversation Julian is not going to be uh, diving in with <laughs> <laughs> I, did have, I, did, I do um, have sorine bread at the moment is that cool. straight out of the pack, Saurian <laughs> bread, mate? Another great story. Have you not um, been cooking anything in lockdown? Um, jacket potatoes and stuff Fuck like that. Fuck's sake. That's healthy. Has to, ha, Julian's whole cooking repartoire at tea is, uh, is like a sort of, it's like very, I'd say, 80. Like I'm just camping 90s. every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know, you've got like a sort of 90s student. Uh, I do, book, I do right? um, hit a lot of takeaways though, like too many. Yeah. Like nice, like dirty vegan. Have you had that? No. Where's that? It's fucking good, man. Um, it's just like a mixed bean wrap and just fake chicken stuff. It's it's tasty, man. Yeah, mate. 
Um, is anyway. bacon a thing you took up during lockdown? So. No, uh, it's something I've done for a while. It's such time. a wholesome um, thing to do. I'd like to get into that. It's just might start um, with toast. Test, <laughs> test the waters in the oven. Just cook it in the <laughs> oven. Just test it out. Uh, no, I tried to. I actually quit it because I got so fat during lockdown, um, and I was like, maybe if you didn't, because when I bake stuff, I feel like I have to eat all the stuff after because I'm so proud of well, it. Yeah, you can't like if you're baking, say cupcakes or something or even if it's a full-size cake you can't make a tiny one or you can't make two cupcakes just one little yeah. cupcake yeah, you, you end up making a batch of cakes and then you know you could have yeah, gone yeah, and given to the neighbors 40 in one yeah, go yeah but i i made jess foster is going to come and pick some up after this because she lives a couple of streets away then bizarrely i made friends with um my neighbors during the, i'll say bizarrely because i never thought i would talk to people in london outside of <laughs> i saw i was actually gonna because you i saw you you do you, you um you did a tweet about that at, at some point the, the bread thing what was that oh this is the maddest thing that happened well no i just lockdown. remember I saw, I saw a tweet recently where you talked about london uh how unfriendly london is i i've yeah, always, I've always I thought i forgot you're fr- from london well, sorry. No, but, no but no i wasn't I'm not, i didn't take offense by it i think i always i've always thought london's uh is quite an unfriendly place if you didn't grow up. If you grow up here, you actually fuck sort of off, know is how, it? But you know how to sort of play it. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, I've I've always known my neighbours and everything wherever I've lived. But mm. that's because I'm from London. I get the sort of lexicon and the the way the things work. Rooms. You don't just go straight in like a normal. If you move to a nice little village or something, you can like move in and knock on their door the day you move in, like hi. But in London, you've got to wait it out and feel it out, and you've got to wait till something I'll sort of burgle their together. house. Well, you've got to wait till like yeah, there's a crime outside your house, and you're all out yeah. watching it, talking. So there's got to be leave a purpose to your friendship, I think. Well, we because we uh, got this house in January, and then the neighbours. Where, so where whereabouts is it? Sa- it's Catford. in Southfield. Catford. Oh yeah, that's where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right, what, right. So this is a weird thing that happened during lockdown. I got a message on Instagram from this guy being like, hey, I was listening to you on Richard Herring's podcast or something and uh, I heard you live in Catford and you like bread and I've been making sourdough and you want a couple of loaves. And I was like, yeah, I love bread. And I said... um, Start to feel drowsy after the first slice. <laughs> well, my, yeah, how do you go about was... getting that bread? Because you ain't like giving out your address. You end up so, doing like a fucking deal in a car park. Drop some food rounds, stranger. <laughs> Aldi car park meeting. Strange DMer with no profile pic. I said, uh, "Where, where, where do you live in Catford?" And he said, "Oh, I live, I live on this road." And I was thinking, "That's my road." Oh, and shit. then I said, "Well, I'll come to you." And then he was like, um, okay, it's this number. And uh, I was saying to my boyfriend, there's this guy offering me free bread. And he was like, don't <laughs> take it. And I looked at the number of the house and I swear to God, I looked up from my phone, looked out the window and it was the house over the road no from me. Way. And I genuinely, I thought there was going to be a man in the window Just holding a loaf of bread. Yeah. <laughs> Stirring <happy>. a pot. <laughs> <laughs> Adding some powder. But, um, his bread is amazing. It's like fancy, fancy. Can I just say you definitely dough. shouldn't have eaten his bread? No, but I mean that's. I like it. I, I think that's. You know, you've got to trust people sometimes, and then no, the, and the positives are the negatives. 
No, listen. So this guy's bread is outstanding. <laughs> I recommend not me. Never trust to... me. Well, exactly. I was going to say you can't fucking speak. <laughs> I'm speaking from inside the problem. Sliding into DMs left, right, and centre. People <laughs> <laughs> didn't trust anyone. You'd never get a reply, mate. <laughs> Why? What does Julian send to people? Just a whole lot of a whole lot of bread recipes. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't send anything to anyone. But then I recommended the the bread guy to before ju- eleven p.m. <laughs> I recommended him a Jess Foster queue and then and then like the word just got out and now this guy is baking non-stop and uh, he weren't even a baker at the start of lockdown but now he's got a little sourdough business and wow. I just took him some buns there nice. really this is what hipsters want is just like exchanging <laughs> your homemade well, it's the sort of the, the dream world isn't it where rather than money mm. we just all exchange each other's goods exactly. for no reason other than being nice people yeah, but and is he like? Do you reckon? Is he? Is he? Would you be? He's are you friends normal, with him? Are you friends with him now? He's just a normal guy. Well, it's my neighbour. It's my the guy over the road. But you're not so. hanging out. You're not like going. Let's go to the pub for a few beers. No, and I do tend to because I watch a lot of like bad ITV and BBC dramas. Anytime I'm friends with my neighbours now, I think of it as a trailer of like it starts off. They he were was such a nice guy. Yeah, to each other. Giving me he bread. was so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. cooked sourdough bread. No one but knew he had 17 I mean, bodies in an darker. acid bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I've got, because I've got next, uh, basically, my, na- my I get on really well with my neighbours upstairs, uh, the flat upstairs. Uh, downstairs is an old lady who's sort of very, she's very shy and retiring. She's Aww. quite hard to talk to. Upstairs there, very nice. I once had to carry their daughter to their DM front her? door because I found her so shit-faced asleep <laughs> down the road. And the she's old never lady. thanked me for it. No, this is the, the daughter of my upstairs neighbours. And oh. when I say daughter, she's not like 15 or something. She's, I reckon she's probably mid to late 20s and still, and she lives there. And I Holy found her fuck. out for the count on the pavement down the road. Oh. So I got her up and I sort of, it was so hard to get her awake. And, like, and then I had to drag her, like basically carry her to her front door banged the door until her mum opened and then sort of got her inside and then basically she's never ever said thanks and then you moved in with her <laughs> and that's <laughs> how me and Hannah met <laughs> we had a baby it? <laughs> never thanked me but she did marry me and produce my child um no but um but yeah but next door is the funny one we've got a, we've got a, a sort of an assisted living house directly next door for men with uh sort of different um i don't i don't even know how to describe it because none of them none of them have got the same sort of thing you've got one to a sort of quite severely autistic some have got mm. a different like you know there's all different reasons they can't live alone or they can't they've been sort of no they, they haven't got a support network so it's just this house of they got any rooms available essentially. <laughs> Um, but they like so they're sort of all they, they're absolutely never had any issues but they're quite you get a, quite a lot of funny um sort of uh noises i remember walking past it with times. you on mushrooms and we saw a couple didn't we <laughs> yeah there's a couple and i was like i was like there's a lot of drug addicts around here isn't there and you went yeah and then we went we're both on mushrooms man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's it's one guy who's um... right i'll talk to himself in the garden it's quite that's quite fun but, but apart from that, everyone's very nice and normal. Oh, we've got loads of mad people here because there's, um, I think we're next to, well, no, I know we are. We're next to lots of like uh, units that people live in when they're just out of mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and uh, me and my this is going to sound like virtue signaling but it isn't because we don't do it regularly me and my boyfriend saw I think we were chatting about there's a guy lives in a tunnel near the house and we were like that's a fucking disgrace so then we got some like Mars bars and stuff at Tesco put him to sleep (laughs) (laughs) we've got a euthanasia stopped walking by via that tunnel home (laughs) we took another route actually yeah that's nice so you bought him some supplies well, we got a few chocolate bars and then we were just going to homeless lads and going, do you want a Boost, a Mars or a Snickers or whatever? But then we went past one His body's lad. a temple. <laughs> <laughs> there was one lad and he was driving, um, he drives an imaginary bus up and down Catford Broadway. Nice. So I said, don't... It's always late as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said to my boyfriend, don't give him the Mars bar because he'll... He can't take it because he thinks three he's come along. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> he's at work. You, you wait know, all day for an imaginary exactly. bus. <laughs> I can't take it. Sorry, I'm on shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I was telling my dad, and he went, "No, well, you could have offered it to him, and he would have rolled down the window." No, that's, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Kept going. That's funny. But, um, Did you see yeah, um, Gary? Gary Lineker said he's going to take a um, a refugee family into his house. You well, know, cause, so he cause, should because his house is probably. Well, that's massive. it. But no, but, you know, he's because he always gets that. You know, whenever he shares anything about um, refugees, uh, he gets all the people going, "Well, why don't you fucking let him live with you then?" Like online, he gets all the nutters that are just like, he's like "All right." Seem to think that's the only the only way you're allowed to think that refugees shouldn't have to cross the channel on Lilo is if you're willing to take them into your spare room. Apparently, yeah. um, otherwise you're not. You can't have an opinion. That's what Buy them think. a dinghy, mate. You know. <laughs> but well, that, and he's, he came out and said, "Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a refugee family," which is, I think, it's, it's very nice of him. But I don't know. Yeah. If what, I don't know if, though, if they know what they're in for. Imagine, imagine traveling all the way from Syria for a new life and you end up living with Gary Lineker. <laughs> Into- it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I don't know if it is. I don't be like, who's this fucking guy? It is generally rich people that end up taking uh, Syrian refugees in. And uh, one of my, my mate, I'm seeing him in about an hour actually, had this thing where he's a Romanian that came to Dublin in the back of a truck, basically. Yeah. And then um, uh, these rich people just took him in when he was 14. And yeah. now they're basically like his parents. And he goes on skiing holidays with them. He and smashed it. That's that's when you oh, lock out. Imagine just that. Imagine escaping a country and <laughs> getting somewhere, and then you just sort of get some rich benefactors. Because don't get me wrong, I, I yeah. think Gary Lineker's letting them live there. I don't reckon he's. He might end up being their sort of daddy warbucks sort of character. But did you ever read? Uh, there was a. Um, there's this, huh? <laughs> what did you say? Being their cuck. <laughs> There's a journalist called Lynn Barber. Yeah. And she took in a Syrian refugee and yeah. then it all just went really wrong. Well, it sounds the... like because she's a cunt. Oh right, okay. There is that fear though, you know what I mean? It's that thing of <laughs> Why did it go wrong? <laughs> Could, you know what I mean? Like she, this... well, she was getting annoyed at him. She's for, like, a cunt. Totally. She, honestly, the, I couldn't believe she wrote the article because I think she had an idealistic uh, vision of oh, what the it was going to be like. Took one in and he crashed a house. Was it that one? He broke her computer. Oh, by accident. Like, 
That count, yeah. that counts. Oh, or he would like know. come home. He would smoke weed in his room, and she would get annoyed, and it just wasn't <laughs> what she thought it was going to be like. Well, yeah, that, that's that's the thing as well. Yeah, it's what funny, do you yeah. expect if you take in? Like, imagine you take a, a sort of eighteen year old Syrian guy who's been traveling around on a lilo since he was four. Like, yeah, he's, he's been, been in like refugee camps for two years. You know, what I mean, he gets to like, let him have in, a spliff, man. He gets to the metropolis yeah. of London. <laughs> suddenly he's got like, suddenly like he's like this is like in Wonderland essentially. Actually, and you yeah. then have a go at him that he gets a bit, you know, he has a few fucking doobies and has a pint. Yeah, it's a bit, I get it, but like, you know, I mean, she probably thought he'd come in and just spend every day cleaning up. So thanks. That's probably what her, she thought. Help. Yeah. You know, just constantly just giving her praise for being so lovely. <laughs> there was, there's another journalist for The Guardian that took one in, and uh, that's part of us, he took one in. Like, it's <laughs> took like, one of, one of them lot. <laughs> I don't mean it. Let one of them into his house. <laughs> and uh, she, 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 wrote, she, wrote it, <laughs> she wrote what it was like, and then the Syrian lad wrote what it was like. And he said, One thing that I don't understand about British people is why don't they just take off their jeans as soon as they get home? Jeans are for outside. And ever since then, my boyfriend has like lived by that that's a good rule i suppose i used to get yeah. those of shit off people for i always take my clothes off when i come in see i'm not i've always been but i, I used to be not I, like I've naked calmed down. <laughs> yeah that's what i thought you meant no 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 take your clothes off put on i a just leave potato. my thong on you know what i mean <laughs> there's a um, breeze but i used to get i used to get dressed fully dressed like i like, you know even bef- like i'd get in i'd have like house outdoor clothes almost so i'd get out of bed straight into jeans trainers everything so the moment I got up, I never ever was at any point in any sort of leisure wear for years. Just yeah, I just used too. to be really weird, and then I got so used to tracksuit bombs. But that's it. Now I've got the grossest pair of tracksuit bombs. I'm wearing an ironic uh, fleece. Hannah bought me a North Face fleece because I've got a routine about when you become a dad, you've got to start dressing shit and wearing North Face leather fleeces. sandals. Well, she bought it for me, and I put it on. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever put on my body. Super warm as well. <laughs> Have you worn one? They're, honestly, they they like I've not actually not. I've had a I tried a North Face jacket on once. Mate, weren't, get the fleece. Weren't, weren't a bit softest, of me, but it's the softest material you'll ever touch. Yeah. And uh, now I just live. I went in out Saturday night way. for a meal and that, and I wore tracksuit bombs. I just forgot, I saw like. you. I saw you in Covent Garden, mate, um, with your tracky bottoms in <laughs> Zone One tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> you can't wear Zone One trackies in Zone One, mate. Don't get me wrong. I think nowadays fashion has definitely shifted, isn't it? You know, what I mean, yeah, that's sort I mean, of that look hipsters smart. now. You know. There is a thing. I could go out in these. I've got a gross pair of like, like, night tracksuit bottoms on, a North Face fleece, and a moustache. If I walked out, people would think that's a decision. You know what I mean? They'd be like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's an hits ac- there. And not an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it was well planned. Lazy and stinky. That was the fifth outfit change in front of yeah. the mirror. That's the Bam. beauty of the hipster revolution is that fashion-wise, you can get away with murder nowadays. You used to get yeah. ripped. If you walked into a pub in... The late nineties, early two thousands. Nice jacket. And you weren't mate. wearing a shirt and jeans and like a pair of loafers. You would have got. The sh- you would have been beaten up. Basically, I got dissed in school for wearing a, a, a jacket. Was it? But it was a no make jacket. I did like a brand on it that no one knew. Oh, that's the worst. It was like he's got one of them no make jackets on. It was the last <laughs> time it. I wore it's your it. Nickname for twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> Julian no make jacket. <laughs> I was in Sydney when I was sixteen. My dad gave me this jacket to wear, and it was all right. And like, 
And I was walking down the street, and we were walking past a group of school kids that were about my age, and one of them went, nice jacket. Oh, that's <laughs> so game over, never, isn't it? I never wore it again. Just That's all it takes. All it's got to take is one person to say one little offhand, even oh, no. like backhanded compliment, do you know what I mean? <laughs> when, somebody, when somebody goes, oh, them, them, them jeans are interesting, and you're like, oh, that's it, I've got to burn them in the you're garden. Very brave now. wearing them shoes, man. <laughs> brave is the way I used to get that. That's I used, the worst. I used to wear quite sort of flowery shirts when I was like 18, thinking I was all cool. And actually, I just looked like, fucking looked like you know, Jason Manford. That's why like I conformed Apollo. completely oh. to Ralph Lauren and Reebok Classics. But no, but I mean, the flowery shirt was like, back then, this, now it's sort of like thought of as like sort of a, you know, it is like you see like comedians wearing it on stage as a sort of like. Oh, what, like the Manford shirt? Yeah, that's what thing, I mean. Yeah. The Manford wears it. And it's a thing of like, hey, it's a nice sort of like bit of fun, isn't it? But I used to wear it when I was like 17 in pubs in South London. And I'd, you know, you'd think I'd have walked in fucking like coming from Pride Parade in like a big sort of feather boa and like meow, 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 the way people spouse. reacted. Did you have your big curly hair then as well? I, this was pre-curly hair. Well, in terms of I hadn't grown it long, I sort of probably had the differing levels. Like I used to I shaved my head from the age of 16 up until about 19. Um, and then, and then I started growing it into different... Fashion. Your hair's still curly now if you grew it out, yeah? I think I would, yeah. I would, do you know what? Even though I'm sort of clear, look at that, man. I don't, I want, I've not shaved it in three weeks. Just, I just want to see how bald I've gone since I started oh. shaving it five years ago. And it's not as bad as I thought, but I reckon if I grew it out, I would have a funny little thin patch there. Like a mad <laughs> scientist. Maybe the old Andy Zaltzman vibe, innit? Just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Plugs are more popular now, though. But have you seen... Yeah, have, you ever, have you been to Istanbul? Uh, no, is it just full of men with like weird cut off scalps? Yeah, because basically, like, this it's one of the so hot you spots. You go and get now. it done, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the hot spots of like uh, hair fiver. So everywhere you go in Istanbul now, there's loads of guys with just like a basically like a bandage on their head, or there's people like in sort of a, a week later recovery where you can just see they've got like. You know, they're, is it done well? Can you notice that? Because you well, look like funny. in rows, like like oh, they're plant planting crest. Who's had it? <laughs> who's, who's that? Oh, and I. Do you know what I think? Ah. Thought I had it because I did a I did a gig, gig with him like about nine months ago, and I had again I hadn't shaved my hair in weeks, and because I've I always shaved it so skin tight for about the last five years, he suddenly could see that I had hair on top, and I I could see him iron up the top of my head like I think he's had plugs. I was like. You know, I haven't had anything done. <laughs> Did he give you a wink? Well, he sort of gave me a look of someone who's been to Istanbul and had, had their crispy head out for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so does be open about that? Because he's never mentioned that. He's probably mortified. <laughs> that we've probably just... <laughs> maybe should we, beep, we could beep it. We could beep it. And then yeah, I, I was going to say um, beep that. Right. But then no we'll, we'll let, listen, that, we'll let listeners guess. Enough. Which comedians had hair plugs? Um, <laughs> that's funny. might be... No, stop! I made it. Which do multiple? The more choice. you say it, the more I've got to beep it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, but I <laughs> have not had any work done. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Do you remember I was asking if uh, you'd had your hair shaved off because of the ayahuasca thing? Yes. I um. um... No, it was very much uh, male pattern baldness that drove that decision. Why would that? Why would he shave his hair because of the ay- ayahuasca? Because it. Ha- well, I went to see that show twice because I found it so interesting. The idea of you two going to Plumstead. Yep. <laughs> and uh, um, 
Well, it was cosy because after that, Carl started wearing a big crystal around his. <laughs> it was. Do you know what? It, they 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 happened. That was a happy accident. That didn't. That wasn't. That wasn't a. That oh, wasn't, right. Yeah, that was a coincidence. My friend bought that for me. <laughs> Just around the no, I reckon it was a bit before the, the ayahuasca. But would you do the ayahuasca again? Me, yeah, yeah. I would, but not. I wouldn't. I was speaking I'm not, I'm, to Louis. I, I rush to do it, but you, would you ever do anything like that, Fern? As, a, as somebody, you know, uh, you, you talk ch- about about smoking weed. Mm, I'm you very smoke Fern. Yeah, yeah, I'm far more than I drink actually, because um, I just I like it and it's not got calories and it doesn't give me a hangover you put and tobacco I actually, in it i no, I, I have a vape um ah. i smoked joints for years i definitely um, think i tried a vape in la um and, yeah it's great and it definitely because I, I i used to smoke weed like a lot and then i gladly stopped because it i don't think it was agreed with me but um I hadn't smoked in years, and any time I would have a like somebody would have one, I'd have a bit. I'd think, "Ah, oh, nice, no, it's gross." And then I had a couple. Mm. I had a I had a day on a vape in LA at a festival, and obviously I was drinking, and it was sunny. There's loads of different factors, but it was quality. Like genuinely, yeah. it was really funny, and like I, I definitely it felt very different to just rolling up and smoking a big fat L. You know what I mean? It's completely different because you can control it more. You don't feel like you're breathing in loads of smoke, so you can mm. have maybe three puffs of it and not feel like you've breathed much in and then you're fucked um or but you're fucked in a way that you're able to kind of control it um what was i gonna say <laughs> i don't have any memory but i'm afraid yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have any effect on you at all guys what was i saying again <laughs> <laughs> yeah zero <laughs> impact where am i um, i uh i watched there was a netflix thing about alternative health <clears throat> It's just come out, and they had a thing on ayahuasca, and uh, I don't really want to cry about my relatives. That seems to happen. It's a hard one, but you don't have to. It's definitely position the whole time, wouldn't you? Like, well, that's the thing. There's different ways of doing it. I went pretty. You did more than me, though. I I did. did. I I didn't do the whole glass. No, I drank more. Glass, I did, but the first one, I was so scared. But I dived straight into I, I it. I hugged the shaman and I just wouldn't let go of him. For bad <laughs> I was like, because I had this bad DMT experience and I was well, terrified. Well, I think you definitely, yeah, I could see, even though over the night, even when I'd come out of a, white. I'd come out of a vision and I'd be crying and vomiting and shit. And I'd suddenly have a moment of clarity and I'd look over and I could see Julian was like, you definitely were trying to keep a lid on it a bit. I was kept, fighting it the whole you time. You kept going out and having a smoke and like just doing anything to try and keep some normality. But, but when I went for a, I went for a wee in the in like we we're in a forest kind of thing in the back yeah, yeah. of a, a garden. It's a, but there's all big trees. I went for a wee and all the all the trees were like eyeballs. And I was like trying to have a laugh with them. I was trying to go, look, leave it. I was trying to, because they were all like demonic. And I was you going, did your leave it. I couldn't stop going. My wee was like really taking ages. And I was like so scared. Yeah, yeah. These demons. And I was going, leave it out, guys. Like just trying to keep it light. <laughs> yeah, I just, because I, I dived proper head first into it. I really committed to you it. just went gulp, gulp, gulp. Yeah, first glass, I just did the whole lot. Second, and even like, by the time the second glass came around, I was in the shit already, man. I was feeling there was, rough. There's a guy next to me just dancing at the fire all night in like a shirt yeah. and trousers. 
It was funny. But yeah, I just, I, but you don't, I so said there's different ways of going about it. You know? I mean, you might have, they, they, you don't know the experience you're going to have until you do it. So I think that's yeah, the, yeah. you know, it's not just yeah. all about crying about your family. It if you, takes you, you somewhere. Yeah, you can't, really, your family, you'll be fine. can't resist it. It just pulls you to that place. Yeah. Like, have you, well, got, have, have you got historical issues with your family? Well, I just, I don't get on with my parents in the normal way that a lot of comedians. But it will show you things that hadn't occurred to you as well. It show you things that oh, you would. I don't would, want that. You know what I mean? Why? Like, <laughs> what you're afraid of, Because I, I just want. But the, it does the... solve. Th- I'm not. A, I'm not recommending it. It's like it calls you. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just want um, to suppress any. Fr- I don't. I know. I, I know. Like, I've been like fed with them come when you're eighty, and, and you know I didn't I mean? know or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or imagine. Or what else? Um, I had a really bad experience on salvia at uni oh that's, which, that's, oh, that's brutal that stuff i thought salvia that, was just this head shop thing it's horrific i know i think the head shops sell uh, like a legal version it, of it which is pretty shit but there is it stronger used to ones be that legal is, in head shops now it's hardcore. illegal but they used to sell the real salvia a few years ago. Have you watched on YouTube? There's a, a compilation video of people having bad salvia trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of yeah, the funniest like, things. People jumping out windows and shit. I mean, oh, it's man. fucking scary, isn't it? You just go like, it's so discombobulating. You don't know where you are, man. I went to like this jungle. I was under a swamp and like, it's fucking bleak. I was just in a, I was in Greenwich <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a sofa. What about, um, have you done any sort of uh, acid or any of those ones? Uh, I I think they're just as bad acid by accident's got to be like the worst thing in it yeah I took something uh, that I thought was ecstasy and it was at that time when there wasn't any ecstasy around so everyone was taking like plant foods, what was it called? methadrone, everyone was taking just shit drugs for a lot of the time that I was at uni and then I had these mental friends that said um, oh this is a bit trippy it's like ecstasy but it's a bit uh, it's got ketamine and acid in it as well i don't know what i took but i remember going to the toilets and uh my head was a big balloon and i was like (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah and i just was so annoyed on top of taking that your head become a balloon as well i mean that's all (laughs) you need side effects Yeah. But after it wears off, your head's still a balloon. There was one. For, there <laughs> was, was one horrible. that came out like for a while. I remember it called like two PC or something like that's like two CP LSD. Well, and it was basically it was it was it was sold as like a mix of LSD and MDMA, and it was yeah, just yeah. rotty, man. It gave you the worst of both, not the best of both. I remember taking maybe it. Maybe that was festival. what I took. Oh, maybe it was. I I'm really careful. Really... If ever I do something again, I'm gonna be so careful with it, man. <laughs> so dangerous. what happened on 2CP? Good advice. If <laughs> <laughs> you're really that careful, maybe you won't be doing drugs, mate. I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> wow. Is that... Real oh, yeah. health and safety officer over here. The well, yeah, 2CP just felt like I didn't get the nice sort of any of the nice bits of any of it. It just felt like a bit grotty and a bit sort of everything just felt wonky it was like salvia actually when i did salvia i didn't i just had a very gross experience i felt like it was sort of like i felt like i had a stroke essentially for about half an hour yeah yeah i did dmt about two hours after salvia Ah, I did it the same day. I'm going to take it carefully, guys. I <laughs> always read the, the instructions. Did, it almost made me brave, though. After that, I thought, right, I'm ready for the DMT. But right. I'd say they're both as strong as each other. I think, but DMT is mm. just more intense. 
Like yeah. it's more fast pace. Mm. Is DMT the one where you feel like you're dying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Do you want to buy some? Well, we've told the no. stories on here before, but basically Julian had a particularly extreme bad DMT trip. I, I I had loads of good ones back in the day that were very positive. Quite I scary. was screaming from my gut like I'm being murdered for like half an hour. Why a lot of my male friends have really positive experiences on hallucinogenics and then women not so much and I can't work out why. That is That's because men are strong, I think. <laughs> no, I think oh, men have so much repressed anger and stuff we just love i think release. that might be what it is yeah like they you know i mean it's that thing of maybe we're, we're so out of touch with that sort of any calmness or something that you know everything's always just sort of like pent up isn't it that maybe that the release of the sort of hallucinogen makes us feel so blissful well, I don't know if women do maybe do less of those drugs or what, because I, I find it hard to meet other women stoners. No, no, well. there is. Yeah, I reckon there is definitely a, you know, it, it's weird. That's the thing because I, I've, I just did hallucinations years back in the day when I was young, and I, I'm not. I'm a bit sort of. I don't know how I feel about the modern incarnation of how trendy they become. Well, not just trendy, but like spiritual. You know, well, not, <laughs> but I like the spiritual side of it. But it's also become a bit more like you know, it's a whole community, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, like when from real reality. On Joe Rogan's podcast banging on about doing it, and like you know, and I just I feel like there's a lot of people that do it, and it's not they're not. I don't know. I don't know if they're doing it for the right reasons. I, I, maybe I'm just being pretentious and think that I know what I'm no better, but. I feel yeah. like that about everyone taking MDMA now because when I was younger, it used to just be like the bad kids like me that took it. Yeah, and then, I know. then suddenly it's like fucking comedians in their thirties now all take it because they never enjoyed their time at school. That's the funniest though is when you see comedians like sort of in their thirties and forties who start taking drugs that didn't take them when they were young, and you're yeah. like, Mate, you have missed the boat. Now you're just on a you're on the road to ruin, essentially, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's such a thing. Because even this is how boring I am now. I've had <clears throat> the same ecstasy in a drawer in my house that I bought at my thirtieth for my thirtieth birthday. I'm now thirty four, and uh, sometimes I'll say to my boyfriend, should, "Should we take it maybe for our anniversary or something?" And then we just can't be bothered. And then the new year will be like, oh, we should take it. And I'll tell you the last time I took it was for the incredibly practical reason of getting my Edinburgh photos done because I find getting my photo taken so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I saw a picture of me on Ekkies and I was like, fuck, I look beautiful because I've not got <laughs> any inhibitions and I don't have the cringing inside yeah, that makes yeah. me horrified when I see a camera. So I took Ekkies for my Edinburgh pictures and I got really good pictures out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I remember did, um... my agent trying to hug me as we were leaving and I was like, Don't, let's not do this. <laughs> it will feel too Have you ever good. tried putting music on when you're having your photos done? That's what I, I always, I always have music on during yeah. photo shoots. Music's not going to get rid of like the deep self-loathing I feel about my face. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not like the drugs. <laughs> So it was almost like saying, have you ever tried not, um, not worrying about it? <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, like, don't overthink it, man. I find the music more embarrassing. Um, I took, uh, when was it, two years ago, three years ago, I, I took acid to go to the Chortle Awards. That was the last time I <laughs> took it. That sounds like the worst thing. I well, no, think. because I didn't want to go. I don't like award ceremonies. So, like, I've never liked, I've never, I've, I've avoided most of them. Like, and it, not like that sounded like all the ones I've been nominated. But, I mean, I've avoided ones even to the point I didn't go to the, the Edinburgh Comedy Award uh, lunch the, the year I got nominated for the main award. I just went. I did a gig instead, right? Um, that's because I don't like awards ceremonies or just uh, yeah. Even the idea of awards, I sort of I don't. Know I like them when I win. No, Other than that, then, I'm not I really about that thing. kind of commercial but, side of it when I don't win. But a few friends I was in, like you know, I, I, I was around for the Chortle Awards for like the first time in ages. Because normally I'd be in Australia, and a few mates said, "Oh, come on, we'll go. It'll be a laugh." And then me and John Hastings hatched upon the plan that I basically said, I'll go, but I, I need to be on something that will like make it manageable. So we took acid, a few That's of us, and went un- to the awards. Most unmanageable, I could imagine. And it was, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. And then I won the award I was up for, and I had to go and do a speech. And, um, and I, I've, ne- I've never watched the footage of the speech. I think it's available somewhere online. We'll but put it up on our Patreon. I reckon it was short and sweet, but I, I was, I remember just being so like in this space of like with a big just loving everyone <laughs> in my head. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was brutal. Like it, there was a moment when I, I was, we were really in the shit. Like we'd, I was just chatting to somebody. I can't remember who it was, and in my head, I was like, I've made such an error being on acid here. This is, it's heightened everything. And what did Steve Bennett look like? Did you see his his spirit? Beautiful. I didn't actually. I don't even remember seeing him there. It's weird. I probably, I mean, I probably had a forty-five minute conversation with him, but, but I've no, he stayed no at his that night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just one of them things where I thought, "Here's a good idea. It'll get me through it," and it just sort of backfired. But you've done acid at weddings and stuff, like haven't you? I mean, yeah, I once did it at a wedding, and that backfired as well. But that's that's not talking. Was it yours and Hannah's? No, it was not. <laughs> Although I do think somebody gave me something at mine and Hannah's wedding, just at the peak of it when I was really pissed. I rem- I have a memory of go- getting from drunk to like feeling, I think, I don't know if somebody gave, yeah, oh. I, I, there was a few friends there I think that might have been sort of getting on it a bit. And uh, I suspect at some point I was not spiked. I reckon I was probably given it and I accepted it willfully, but I don't remember that. I just remember going from drunk to this is something else quite rapidly. Which is no way. I didn't want to, you know. Don't do drugs, kids, is the bottom line. You know, at your wedding. (laughs) Or any function. Just don't do it. I don't do any drugs anymore. I don't either. I hardly drink. I'm such a boring bastard. I've got a baby, though. Um, Obviously, we've been, you know, I didn't drink hardly any during lockdown. Did you? What were you? Were you smoking a lot? Or not? Were you vaping a lot? No, I, I. So I hardly drank most of the year, and then I drank a bit more during lockdown because we thought we did that wanky thing of being like, "Oh, let's support this small wine shop." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. It's, um, good, it's good reasoning, to be honest. Yeah, so we would drink like things like posh red wine and vermouth. <laughs> What is, yeah, what is vermouth? Yeah. I've never known what vermouth it's, is. I just hear it's that. It's very delicious and like sherry, it's becoming a, right. a hipster drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I got in and drank in, 
gained 10 pounds, remembered that's why I don't drink, and uh, stopped again. But I didn't smoke weed very much, but I did buy a load of weed because I was watching this HBO show called High Maintenance. Um, that's great. It's just about a drug dealer. High Maintenance, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it good. Gave, it, it made me want to smoke weed, and that happens a lot when I see it on telly, and then I get it and I'm just not bothered about it. Um, and I've actually not felt the need to smoke it in lockdown, and it made me realise how stressed I was with uh, gigging constantly before, because I was often smoking it to switch you off after. Yeah, yeah. Shows. I used to do that. Yeah, it's, it works. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. Look, we talked about this a lot early in lockdown about sort of the benefits of it, and uh, and I think that was the main one that seemed to pop up quite a lot was people were quite. Enjoying off the forced break from constantly touring and yeah. gigging, you know, you don't realise actually it's, it does take its toll until you. Stop I loved it. it. I loved it for the first four months or so. It was only when the world started getting a bit bleak, didn't it? Like, it was get a bit. Yeah. Everything got a bit heavy, but well, it was. Yeah, I think I you said it. I remember you I've saying never it been was around, around the sort of George Floyd bit. There was this turn, this sort of yeah. global turn to. And there was every, a big me, like, like the Me Too thing. It was just everything yeah, was a bit there was depressing. George Floyd. another comedy me too thing and And it just um, started the sort of snowball of oh we're back to just there being loads of other news rather than just hearing about the sort of covid every day it's hard to just keep it light and be like do jokes yeah yeah it just made the rest of the world feel a bit real again i was the real victim of all of that do you know what i mean (laughs) that's what what i'm trying to say um, but now it feels like we're back to just everything being shit and having to go out into it again haven't we which is I have enjoyed the gigs, every one of them, though. That's true. Just... Yeah, it made me more grateful for... Because uh, I was a real moaning bitch before about uh, gigs, and now I'm like, oh, I had a really luxurious life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I, just before the lockdown, I was in South Africa, and I remember we were bitching about the hotel, even though we were in, like, a five-star hotel in Cape Town. Yeah. But I was annoyed because uh, my room service didn't turn up on time or something. It's mad, isn't it? The amount, <laughs> of, times I've, tables. The amount of times I've moaned yeah. at gigs. Marble tables. Like, I'm being paid to perform and I'm there going, fuck you, they might even sort me out a drink, mate. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, I get, don't get me wrong, I think that's a, you know, most clubs do sort you out of drinks. When you get to one, they don't offer you a drink. Part of you feels like, what am I, just fucking, you know, the cleaner or something. <laughs> well, actually, funny you're saying that. Uh, in South Africa, Phil Nickel and... Uh, the, all the old men comedians would like kick off if we didn't have our sandwich buffet oh, brought to us each That night. generation, that generation of comedians, like yeah, was, everyone said this. And this is not Phil. Phil's a mate. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, it's I'm talking about that. I that was a generation that when I started, I was the kid, and they're all the sort of like the headliners and all that. And then sort of I had to, I was always this like giddy, excited. Oh my god, we're in kill kenny or whatever and then everyone would just be sitting there pissing and moaning about oh you had the hotel breakfast here it's fucking shit isn't it just like talking about the m25 and the junctions and stuff yeah that thing of yeah i remember just being like really sad like not sad but i found it quite bleak them early days of learning what comedians talk about in dressing rooms you thought everyone would just be laughing and like hey and everyone yeah everyone was going fucking used to be able to park for free outside this club like it's just <laughs> tedious conversations yeah same i couldn't believe how much old men comedians are like old women on yes. those sorts of trips away so they were all like 
Where, where are we going to get our uh, sandwiches and uh, <laughs> oven pizzas? And I was like, lads, it's South Africa. Everything costs about 20p. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could get a steak and chips delivered to your fucking room. Um, and well, it's not singling them out. It's just, like, loads of trips like that. It's so funny. What I find the funniest is I've done weekends of gigs away uh, in amazing cities, you know, like, you know, you go to Cardiff for a weekend or Manchester or whatever. And I'm on with comics who've been playing that club for 25 years. And I'll say, oh, should we go for a walk around? Like in Manchester, I'll be like, should we go for a walk around the Northern Quarter? And they'll be like, where's that? And it's like, like they literally <laughs> no in 25 way. years made no effort to get to know the city they're visiting. You know, I remember mean, like, they'll just spend the whole weekend sitting in their hotel room with their fucking iPad on their belly watching Netflix. You know, there's no attempt yeah, to yeah, go yeah. out and explore the city and actually appreciate the fact that you're getting to travel. Yeah, I always do the same because I'm a bit weird about sticking to a routine. So whenever I travel, I'll try and find, you maybe do this, I'll try and find the very best coffee shop in that town um, and then uh, the very best place for breakfast. Usually I'll try and get a combination of the two Yeah, yeah. and I'll go there. It's. I mean, we've discussed it in the past, uh, which is our, our coffee snobbery. Yeah, didn't you go somewhere in Melbourne where the coffee was like a hundred dollars? They have a hundred dollar pour over, which I didn't get, but um, it's um, it's yeah, it's quite a famous. It was in the newspapers when they put it on the menu because it was like, yeah, you know, it's a classic thing of like, no wonder hipsters can fucking can't afford houses. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, and that's obviously not how it works. Hundred dollar coffee. Yeah, but it's a you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a novelty that it's meant to be like the the best bean in the world, whatever, but. You know, no. Somebody gets was one it, probably once every three months. Did you try it? No, no, no. I just went for Fair a very enough. good quality pour over. Do you make coffee at home? Do you you do you make like a yes? Speech, and, a pour over. Uh, I don't like pour over. I like really? Aeropress. I think uh, Aeropress I've never heard of pour better. over. Pour over is um, the one where you've got it in a little sort of funnel and a little. You got your little pot and you sort of pour water slowly through the grind. Wow. But that's essentially what an Aeropress is. Yeah, yeah. You do that. Well, this is what I started doing in lockdown when I was really bored, is um, looking up the World Aeropress Championships uh, and looking up the winning <laughs> um, recipes. Yeah. Then I would follow that to the letter, and it's as detailed as, like, pour coffee on the grind. Pour this many mils of water on the coffee for 15 seconds. Yeah. Pause. Now pour this many mils of water on the coffee yeah. for 30 seconds. Then one of the recipes, you start it 20 times with a chopstick. I've done, I've done all of this. Well, that's the amazing thing is the, the difference in recipes. Like in, in the pour over ones, I've done the same thing. I've watched loads of videos of like the person who won the, the, the award for the best pour over. Oh, I and, can't believe other people have done this. I know. One year it will be like just a classic. Some guy goes, no, I'm just like, you know, just a gentle pour for the whole time. And then like one another year it will be like a Japanese guy who's like, no, it's... 15 seconds this many grams of water like it's so specific and i've tried all the different ones and i've always just settled on a very simple technique that works for me well the main thing that people get wrong making coffee and the worst coffee is when it's burnt yeah whether people burn it with scalding hot water or the or the beans are roasted too dark yes um 
So, but I just, maybe if I made pour over myself, it would taste better because I've had Aeropress in coffee shops and it's shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird, yeah. It's Nescafe, thing. mate. I mean, yeah, Julian has That's got... That's my contract. Why don't I just go to a women's prison <laughs> <laughs> drink Nescafe? But Julian has got the That's lowest like bar sentence. of, like, coffee standards <laughs> out of anyone I know. You will drink any old piss, innit? I do it for the kit. I mean, I do like nice coffee. Like, when I'm yeah. in Edinburgh, there's so many nice places. I do like... I'm a, I've got a good coffee machine as well, but... Yeah, yeah. I just... I kind of just like that Nescafe Azera just for... You could just knock it up within about 10 seconds and it wakes you up. And it tastes all right. It's all right, but it's very. It's, the, it's at the very bottom end of all right, if you like. It's just above, nice like, complete instant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, have you got any instant in your house, Fern, or is it an absolute... No, no. and I wish I did, because um, my, my dad lives in England as well. Uh, well, just lives in Milton Keynes. So when he comes over, he'll ask for a coffee, and I feel disgusted making him an yeah. aeropress, because he can't taste the difference, because he yeah. smokes, like, a million fags a day. And then he'll just, like, <laughs> slurp it down, like it's Nescafe. Um, yeah. I feel like the relationship between me and my parents is like I'm like Fraser and my dad's the old policeman yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of my levels of pretentiousness. That's what I've always. I I went to visit my parents yesterday and uh, and it was I had I did exactly the same visit I have every fucking time where I go in <laughs> thinking that will be different this time it'll all be nice and we'll be a family <laughs> and uh, my uncle and aunt were there. And we were like, you know, get, said they'd meet the baby. My parents have, you know, only met Twyla twice just because, you know, oh, they're cool. old and, you know, just it's a hassle getting over to them to like, for the time being while she's so small. And uh, and we went and it was just so stressful. Everyone's just, I basically, what happens is I go in and then I become like this facilitator where I have to fix everyone's shit. So like within five minutes of being there, I had to set up my aunt's new phone like that she'd just got and like and that took me 45 minutes so i'm not even now it's a landline well no it's just a she's just got a new contract and i had to sort it all out and i just sit there and basically spend an hour and a half fixing stuff have no actual familial conversations and then we just leave and it's like it's basically like being a handyman <laughs> and are your family all irish yeah well but it's they are like all my aunts and, that, and uncles are, all, are irish my mum is. My dad was born in London, but he's his parents had only just come over, really. And he's always been Irish. Like, he's just one of these Irish guys who sort of, even though he's born in London, has never, has never ever been English. Do you know what I mean? It was weird. Yeah. It's like everyone he grew up with was Irish, and he's so he's even though he's got a London accent, like he's he's just he's oh he he says he's Irish, and he's, he's never supported any English team, or it's like you know the football team and rugby team and. So I was raised just thinking, well, we're Irish, aren't we? But then I yeah, suddenly, yeah, you know, I got to, like I got, where I'm from. I got to about fifteen, and I suddenly had a bit of a crisis of identity, and I, I got really English when I, in my mid-teens because I sort of rebelled <laughs> against my family's Irishness. And all of a sudden, I'd been forced to go to Ireland for the six-week school holidays for ten years at that point. Whereabouts in Ireland? Roscommon. Uh, oh Port, fuck! Which is like west, <laughs> bleak, fucking yeah. So like, I was just so sick of. You know that being an, like a second generation Irish kid, that I went fuck this. And I started. To, I remember it was Euro '96. I started supporting the English football team, and my parents were livid. And <laughs> well, my dad was. My mum was just pretty chilled. But uh, and it was just that. And I remember my mates. I had loads of Irish mates growing up because we all grew up in an area where there was a lot of Irish people. And um, and they were my, they were like it was like I'd suddenly gone like I'd gone out in a t shirt with the Queen on the front. Do you know what I mean? It was that sort of level of. 
uh, treachery for me supporting the English football team. Ross Commons, like uh, one of the bits of Ireland that's as conservative as Donny in terms of like their they vote um, voted against gay marriage oh, and yeah, they is... voted against abortion. I stuff. remember when the first uh, non-white person moved to the town, the little town my mum's from, Boyle. And it was just an Asian bloke who, started, who set up a market stall. And it was like the talk of the town. Like, you couldn't, but like, like, I remember we got there and like, it was literally like, so what's happened in the last 11 months since we were here? And it'd be like, well, I'll tell you what happened since then, you know? And <laughs> you'd hear about the Asian shopkeeper. So yeah, it's a weird, very old fashioned. Now I've re, I've, I've, my, my sort of needle has rebalanced and now I feel quite close to my Irish roots and I like going over and. Yeah, I've sort of. I think as as I've got more and more sick of English nationalism, I've drifted much more back to being more Irish. I think. Yeah, man, English nationalism's like uh, absolutely wild, and at a peak. at the minute, I'm sure it was. Like, I don't remember it in the '90s. There was because in the '90s things felt all right. In the late '90s, like there was mm. Cool Britannia and New Labour, and everything was like, "Hey, man, it's quite cool to be British, isn't it?" Like, you know, we're English, but we're British, and it was all sort of quite cool. Yeah. And there was none of this sort of like, no, I want a fucking St. George's flag outside my window, you fucking cunt, fuck off home, like that sort of thing. There was obviously some of it, but it wasn't, definitely wasn't as um, prevalent in most circles, I think. That's interesting to know, yeah, because I wasn't really aware of it, and then I wasn't sure if it was just because I now live in England, I'm more aware of it, but there's bits... Um, there's definitely bits in the south of England that are just oh, wild. Ken, like Essex. Yeah, I didn't want to say Essex and Kent, but that was what I was thinking. Nort, but do you know Where what it is? Where are you from, Julian? London sides, man. We're in London. Oh, I'm in Blackheath now, but I grew up in like Plumstead, then Greenwich. I moved to... And You're I was... like down the road from me. Yeah. I'll I know, Ca- I know Catford months. really well. I used to go to the cinema there. Is it still there? There is a posh new cinema there oh, called Catford Muse. I used to go. That was my go-to. Like so Lewisham, no Lewisham Centre was like the shopping the area. Um, I can't believe Catford was your go-to. Well, the cinema, yeah, or Lewisham. Has, has it still got the shit cat coming off the... I don't think the cat's yeah. there anymore, is it? Is it still yeah, there? Yes. Is it? That yeah, is the, exactly. since I was a that was the worst sign when I lived over that side of town, man. I used to hate that thing so but much. But I was a kid. I used to be excited on the bus. There's a, there's a cat's coming up and look at a cat. <laughs> well, it's a fucking big what cat. What do you mate. think's happened with a cat now that Catford's getting gentrified? Oh, they fucking. There's Catford beer, right? There's like a, there's Catford uh, beer and Catford coffee, and they use they have like the cat as like our icon now, oh, and yes. the symbol of it. There's a CrossFit gym opened five minutes up the road from me. Fucking CrossFit! I know I've been going though, but uh, and there's I was, tra- was going to get into it. I got one at Canary Wharf. It just seems like a I don't know. It's like so a cult, cult, mate. Everyone's yeah, yeah, so yeah. Get into it. Yeah, the, it's them me, funny the chin ups they do, and those um, kipper yeah, chin ups. They're so bad for you, aren't they? Everything looks uh-huh. like it's everything looks like a normal exercise that a five year old's decided to redesign. Like the way they use momentum to kip up, you know what I mean? <laughs> this you know, is I just so use so happy to hear. <laughs> it's just you look like you left a bit, Julian. I just sort just... of hunt a lot and stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> just does press ups. I've just all come day back from his, war. <laughs> it's like a prison cell. During lockdown, I was like American psycho. You were, like, man. Just putting videos of yourself driver. doing You know when he's like just with the fucking internal, like doing handstand push ups and, and talking to yourself in a mirror <laughs> constantly. Can you do a handstand push up? Only about fifteen. Perfect form. How about you? <laughs> That's well Maybe hard. One. You know what? It, it, it isn't that hard. Like, it, I, I, I was quite surprised everyone was surprised I could do it. I'm not like really athletic. You've got you are. I mean, you are blessed with. You know, obviously, you do An incredible. A, no, but a small frame as well as it. Not that's not a criticism. I mean, you're sort of you know you've in terms of your nice body, neg. Once no. you get your body weight, once you get your top sort of you know your upper body legs strength sort my legs are slim yeah, like. you've not got massive chunky fat thighs have you, you know no nah. you're, you're sort of a slight individual. and i've got an incredible torso like a statue but <laughs> there's also <laughs> one of the statues at the bottom of a river that Black Lives Matter <laughs> one, of, one of the racist ones <laughs> got thrown in the lake <laughs> I'm um, sorry, my wires are all caught. No, CrossFit's pish, and because uh, I've—I mean, I like I like that, the colourful weights leave. they use, and there seems to be a nice positive. You know, they all look incredible shape as well. But I'm looking at the CrossFit Games, like the the best of them, I suppose. The the bit is basically I was I was lifting a lot and regularly before all this, and I'd been doing it for about two years, and then I was finally getting um, decent results. I'll tell you, Carl, I was going to the same trainer you went to. Yeah, I went to Dave. Sorry for screaming. Oh, Dave Dynamite. Way. Dave Dynamite. Dave Brockway. I went to him for to get in shape for my wedding. I just Yeah, because he kept saying to me, Carl so has run. unbelievable strength. I've got, a, I've got, I've got uh, uh, innate strength. I don't need, you know, it's just yeah. there. But, uh, yeah, Julian, he would, he would always go, you know, Carl, <laughs> Carl, like, stuck to it. He just... <laughs> He just is like a natural at weightlifting. Okay, yeah, I just I don't know. It's a, uh, yeah, you're quite it's weird. bendy, aren't you as well, Cole? Like you're quite. I'm quite flexible supple. and um, just got. I've just got sort of proper. Just you know, it's mental strength more than anything. It's more in the mind yeah, than it yeah. is in the body. That's what I've always. Said. Well, I've been going to uh, Dave for about a year, and uh, he's just fucking great. Because um, does he do meal plans fat. and stuff as well? Yeah, that's he, he the thing. So want, I was going. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to another trainer before who's a lovely man, um, but he had me doing basically a CrossFit-style workout. And whenever I was like, oh, I wish I could eat less, he would be like, oh, I find it really hard to put on weight. And he'd always just been like a stunningly attractive man. Whereas I went to Dave. It's Dave tough for used us, to be man. a comedian. Oh, yeah. He used to be an absolute fucking size, mate. Oh, he and was massive, yeah, he wasn't used to he? Yeah. You know, he? And he was, that's not a criticism. He puts photos he of like, a character, his, didn't oh. he, on stage? Like, well, it was sort of yeah. a character, yeah. It was, um, yeah, he was just sort of a very heightened version of himself. So you meet him, like, he's such a sort of gently spoken just normal guy isn't he but he's on he's stage he was, he was mad it was really it was really interesting but yeah. he also would be like anytime i was like oh i just want to look emaciated he'd be like well you gotta get your calories down first yeah. <laughs> that's me trying to be english <laughs> stop eating so much and uh he would amazing english yeah. accent is it no <laughs> Stop eating so much. <laughs> like an old witch. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy. 
Um, so he's he's brilliant because I didn't want to be given a meal plan and it be like but you're eat in chicken good... and broccoli because I don't want to do that. You're mm. in like good shape and stuff though, aren't you? I gained ten pounds in lockdown and I'm only just back to my almost back to my starting weight now. What's ten pounds in is... kilograms? About six, isn't it? Is no, it? like no. two or three kilograms. Really? See, I reckon I packed. I reckon I packed on f- over five kilograms in lockdown. I'm fucking junky. Yeah, it's I need it's to sort grim. my shit out. And it it just was. I saw. I've got like because if you're a girl, you can't really complain about being fat without it being politicised. So yeah. I'm not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you can't celebrate it when you when you get. Like, was, did you see it, Adele? I couldn't yeah. believe Adele was just happy. Oh my god, she's the happiest she's ever been with her body. Also, she just gets ripped down. Stop trying to shame us. Adele lost weight very gradually over like a ten yeah. year. Career. That's the point, isn't it? Do it healthily. Like you can, if you drop it too quickly, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. But, or it suggests well, you're doing similar. it in a dangerous like, manner. Yeah, I just got diet. smaller and smaller over the time of doing comedy, but I got more into like exercise while doing comedy. But um, I don't think it's oppressive to eat within your. <laughs> calorie thing I don't, like. but i also think i just annoy and i get annoyed with the fact that people think your sort of how you look and how you feel about yourself and how you portray that out so that yes your if you, if you put a photo of yourself on your instagram saying i'm, I'm just i'm feel like i'm in really good shape at the minute i'm really happy that isn't an affront to anyone you've just that's you talking about you I find it really yeah. annoying when people go like as if that is a direct attack on them. It's like you've taken it that way. That's not. I there's mean, literally not yeah. a moment that is, that that intention was there. Yeah, it's. Um... I always put, "What's your excuse?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, don't get me wrong. When I get ripped in the next six months, <laughs> I've got I'll my V proper. I'll be putting it on, going, "All oh, you fat cunts, this is for you." <laughs> this was my lockdown. By the way, that was a joke. I won't actually say that. But um, but what I mean That's is. All the- yeah, I just think it's weird that people take, uh, you know, you don't have to take other people's lives personally. I yeah, I think the hardest thing though to learn for me is to is that I have to eat the right number of calories, and I can just go to the gym four times a week. But as long as I eat the right number of calories, that's what makes the difference. Because you can yeah. have fucking six pack abs underneath all your fat, and no one can. Yeah, well, everyone's yeah, yeah. got abs, haven't they? It's like it's like abs are made in the kitchen, they say, don't they? So that is mainly yeah. diet. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Who knew I might need to go in a minute. Yeah, no, I was going to say we've, we've, got, we've rattled on I'm for ages. I'm giving away I didn't my know. buns to friends, so they're <laughs> got, coming round. Got to do your bun uh, session. Um, yeah, I didn't realise we'd end up talking about this stuff for so long, um, but it was good. It's interesting. Um, it's my favourite topic. To it, is, it is. And I, I love that you're no Dave Dynamo. Dynamites. That was his name. Dave Dynamo. Dynamite. That was his on-stage name. It was. Yeah, he was one of the first comics I ever saw. Uh, but yeah. Um, just having a comedian as a personal trainer makes such a difference because they understand yes. that you live in a hotel. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, right, before we say goodbye and wrap everything up, Julian, any other business? Um, follow us on patreon.com slash two vegan idiots. Yeah, we've got some extra stuff on there. Um, and I've got no um, shame about saying that anymore. I've got over no, that. I tend to pass it to you. I tend to like, put the ball in I the know. box and let you try and get your nut on it. I don't mind. <laughs> like, uh, Fern, what's your new podcast? Oh, it's called Wheel of Misfortune with Fern Brady and Alison Spittle. And uh, we just talk about humiliating things that have happened to us every week. Excellent. 
We had the nun from Derry Girls on last week. She's she was one of the best. Ah, uh, she's great. I love that yeah. show. It's really, really good. Um, well I hadn't even seen it. I just met the nun at a uh, thing, and she was so funny. <laughs> I oh, one on. one quick sorry recommendation. I don't know if either of you have watched it, but just listeners, you've got to watch. Uh, I hate Susie, the new. Oh my god, I love is, that show. We we finished it the other night, and it is genuinely, you know, I sort of, I I I, I loved it so much that I couldn't. Like, but at the end of it, I sort of felt so empty that it wasn't that I wasn't going to get to watch it anymore. It's, it's totally about Billy Piper and Lawrence Fox. Hundred percent, and like, but what I found so it's so it's so genuinely made, like an authentic. Even though it's about a celebrity, like you know, there's a lot of stuff that would be hard to get right, and like, there's just scenes in it that are just the best. That first episode, you know, it's like that oh, moment. It's you can so feel good. it. You can feel that moment of you've got a busy day of, of like you know b- b- putting your face on and being happy, and suddenly you find out you fucked just your life up. And you've got to just continue yeah. doing it. And it is so brilliant. She's an amazing act- actor, actually. I saw her, in yeah. a, saw her in a play called Yerma a couple of years ago, and it was fucking incredible. I watched um, that series all the way through twice because I loved it so much. And I especially, I started reading up on Billy Piper after. This isn't a spoiler. There's an episode where her family, she goes to a family wedding. I, I, that episode just hit so yeah. many notes with me. Basically, her family are all scum. And then I looked into it, and Billy Piper actually is a Ned. Her family are all Neds. They sold a story on her to the son. Yeah. And her sister is playing her actual sister it's, in it. It's amazing. It's the, the whole. It's such it's on a Netflix, brilliant. Is it? No, it's on um, it's Sky. Well, I bought Sky. a Now TV thing. Yeah, it's on. It's on Now TV. If you haven't got oh, a Sky no. subscription, but it's honestly, you know, I loved the show before that. That I think had the similar sort of success or like people talking about like how amazing it was made was that um i may destroy you which i loved yeah yeah but what i loved what i found myself with i hate susie there were scenes in it that i've experienced myself like genuinely have lived some moments in that show and i was just like oh my god it just did stuff to me that made me feel so sad at times but you're the first man i know that liked it sorry really yeah, because I tried to get my boyfriend to watch it, and then we got to like the musical number, and he was like, "I'm out." Oh, I, I love that. that. I, just, I like a moment <laughs> that catches you off guard in a show where it's they just throw something in. But anyway, Will you watch it, Julian? Nah, but you, I won't, need to you watch can't. It. You can't watch anything that's longer than seven minutes long on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, it does sound interesting. I don't know about the musical side of it though. There's not. There's just it's, a, it's, it's one, one little bit. moment. They just throw ah. a little moment in just to catch you off guard, and that's it. There's no other musical stuff in it at all. I find it hard to watch stuff. I watched the started the fall. Actually, that's meant to be brilliant. I mean, I watched The Departed the other night, but I couldn't... I did about half an hour of it. I'm going to do it in stages. (laughs) Is that about dead people? No. What, the film, The Departed? Yeah, the film. It's only two and a half hours long. (laughs) It's three hours long. Honestly, I've got ADHD, I'm pretty sure. You haven't got ADHD. Everyone's got ADHD nowadays. I know. Distracted by screens. My son got diagnosed with it, it, and I'm basically the... We've got the same thing. Okay. That's my um, official diagnosis. Well, let's let Fern go and uh, give away her, her pastries. Enjoy your baking. <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks for coming on. And um, Thanks for having me. And this is my main social life now is doing podcasts. <laughs> in your cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We'll see and speak to everyone next time. <laughs>